Hey, Jules. Yes, Ryan. You watch a lot of television, don't you? Oh, I suppose you'd call it a lot. I don't know, 8 to 12 hours a day? That seems like a lot of TV. Now, do you watch this on your computer? Hell no, Ryan. Good TV you need to watch on a beautiful, big, shiny screen while you're in your recliner rocker with your bar fridge next to you. You must be spending a lot of money on cable channels then, hey? I am, Ryan. It's a long way to get those optic fibres down here in Australia. <laughs> Let me tell you of a, a little something that you could do. Probably save yourself a whole lot of money, Jules. It's called Amazon Fire TV. <gasps> tell me more. Amazon Fire TV is a little tiny set-top box. We call it set-top. It doesn't actually go on top of your TV anymore, Jules. It's about the size of two DVDs stacked on top of each other. DVDs, that's what we used in the old days. You're not going to need those anymore, not with Fire TV, Jules. You're going to put this thing, you're going to connect it to your TV. Do you know what an HDMI cable is, Jules? I certainly do, Ryan. Do you know what a power cable is, Jules? Yes, Ryan. Well, you're done. You hook that up to your TV, you move on with your life. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get your Netflix. You're going to get your Hulu Plus. You're going to get your Amazon Instant Video. You can get your Showtime. You can get your ESPN, Crackle, Bloomberg TV. All of, you name it. If it's streaming, you can get it on your Amazon Fire TV. And I can watch all those on my television and not have to sit huddled over my laptop? No huddling over no laptop. And if you go to our site to chivichinwag.com forward slash fire, click on the link right there. You're going to get a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime. Do you know what that is, Jules? It has lots of amazing shows, doesn't it? It has tons of amazing television shows. has tons of amazing movies. Uh, you're going to get access to HBO content. You can't do that without getting your HBO Go. You come to Amazon Prime, you order that, you're going to get your HBO. You can watch your Sopranos, your Deadwoods. You could watch your uh, Game of Thrones's. You could watch your The Wires's. That's some excellent television viewing there, Ryan. And I could even have friends around to watch it with me if it's on my TV. Well, yeah, if you had friends, you could have them over to do that. Now, if you have ever used Netflix, if you have ever used Hulu, if you've ever used Amazon on your television, what's the number one thing that's a pain in the ass? Type out the name of the show I'm looking for. Well, you don't have to with Amazon Fire TV. You know why? You can use your voice, your sexy, (gasps) sultry voice to... Order up whatever it is you're looking for. You're looking for an actor, you just press the button on the remote, you say the actor's name, boom, it comes up. Peter It'll tell Dinklage. You if it's... Peter Dinklage. Peter That's Dinklage. Right. Everybody loves Dinklage. It'll tell you if it's on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, and boom, you're there. It's easy. So it makes it a lot easier to interact with your television, get all these shows coming. I don't know why people are paying for cable anymore. Get your Fire TV. Go to tvchinwag.com forward slash fire and order it today. $99. It's going to give you 30-day free trial to Amazon Prime. That in itself is worth, you know, some decent money. So It's a tiny box, but it's hugely entertaining. This song is supposed to pump you up. Make you think, hey, this is probably going to be a super positive show today. People who listen to this song probably use the word universe a lot. And they would totally tell you how much good they are doing the world by only riding a bike as transportation. What a bunch of dicks. This is TV Chinwag, and here is Ryan and Jules. Congratulations, everyone. You made it to episode 7 of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan. And I've survived through to episode 7, too, and my name is Jules. I don't know how I've done it. I, it, I, I don't know either, actually. I thought you would have been dead long ago. 
I thought episode three, would have, you would have been finished. But no, for some reason, you keep coming back for more. Because there's so much TV and so little time. I love telling people, I've got to go home and watch eight episodes of this show I've never seen before. They're like, why do you have to watch it? Because I'm going to talk to some dude in Canada about it. <laughs> and because our viewing audience demands it. Right. Well, yeah. I'm sure they're demanding it. Not very loudly, but, you know, people are still listening, which is cool. There are a few people still listening. Make sure you send any emails or congratulations to fans at TV Chinwag or, you know, tweet us at TV Chinwag or, I don't stalk, know, send us a postcard. Us on, stalk us on Tumblr. And you can ask questions oh, yeah. and you can suggest TV shows because... If you haven't caught caught on yet, um, you know what we're really keen to do is int- particularly introduce people to shows that they mightn't have watched before, um, and of course recap some of our you know favourite ones that a lot of people are watching. But if you know a show that you know something that you think's been tragically overlooked um, and want to drum up viewership for, um, drop us a line. Tell us why we should be watching it if we're not, and why we should review it. Um, show, you know, begging letters from showrunners, welcome. Yeah, that would be fine too, <laughs> as long as you're prepared to get an honest review. <laughs> We're not going to sugarcoat nothing. No. Um, it is true, though. I mean, there's a lot of TV podcasts out there where the, all they'll do is recap the episode that's just happened, and that's like, I, that's fun. That definitely has a place. But with the amount of TV that you and I watch, there's no way we would be able to keep up with it. <laughs> We'd have to be we'd have to be doing like four hour podcasts every day. So, and I yeah. think it's uh, look. This has been a, is is a time of year where generally we've we've been a bit. Uh, a lot of the the big series have finished for the year. The summer series are just about to start, and uh, a lot of people are looking for stuff to watch. It's a good time to catch up, discover new shows, or get into them before they come back again. So. Uh, you can go back, listen to the uh, episodes we've already done. We tend to be generally spoiler-free, so obviously we're going to talk about what the show's about, but we won't be dropping any of the big and, oh, my God, they died in the third episode, um, unless I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> or if it was really terrible. Uh, that's the other thing. We'll warn you off of watching bad shows. So shows taking we, your time shows into account. Shows we think are bad, of course. Yeah. You might love them. Although we're not usually wrong. But I'm really, I would really love to hear from people if we've turned you on to a show that you now love. Because that's what, that's, if we can get one person to fall in love, Jules, <laughs> our mission is accomplished. It certainly is. I think we can claim some viewers for Penny Dreadful. Mm. Um, I, I know of at least three or four people who tweeted me to say, um, you know, that they'd got into Penny Dreadful. I'm actually going off Penny Dreadful now, but um, that's another. Are you still watching it? I'm not. <laughs> I, I think um, I'm up to about not, e- episode six or seven, uh, and it's been renewed for a second season. Uh, I think it's a bit of a hot uh, mess in in search of a story, but it's uh, certainly it's certainly entertaining on some level. But uh, I'll be interested to see how it goes uh, if I return to it. Yeah, I, I, I keep meaning to get back into it. I have a couple episodes loaded up, ready to go, and I just. It's kind of heavy, so it's a little bit tricky just to start an episode and carry on. It's a little bit... Mm, we'll see. We'll see. I, ho- I hope I go back to it because they were doing some things that were really cool. And uh, Yeah, look, I think we'll the concept, see. which if people don't 
uh, aren't aware of it's sort of a mashup of all the Victorian horror, which of course is the uh, genesis for a lot of the horror we see today. So it's it's the story of you know Frankenstein and his monsters and uh, Van Helsing and the uh, and the vampire stories and Dorian Gray and and it's mashing these up in really interesting ways. It's just it's it's a bit messy. I think it's not particularly coherent in its overall arc. Um, but you know, it's early days, and hey, someone loves it enough to give it a second season. So um, uh, it's something I might return to if the buzz is, is big enough. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. You, you let me know, okay? Keep me informed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I, do the same. <laughs> I certainly will. So on to some news. I think we have some other some TV news this week. Um, Big news. I think you and I have touched on Gotham, the series that's uh, going to be starting in uh, the fall season, which is sort of the Batman the early days. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm excited for this. I think this is going to be a pretty cool show. It looks like, you know, little clips of it we've seen um, seen so far look, look fantastic. Um, and... Uh, the news during the week was that Ben Edlund, uh, of course, previously of uh, Supernatural and the Whedonverse and most recently the now cancelled uh, Eric Kripke Project Revolution has joined the writing cast of Gotham. So that can only be a good thing. It's only ever a good thing for any TV show. He didn't really get much of a run on... Um, he joined Revolution in the second series and I think he only... I think he wrote two episodes, so um, I, I think it, it says something about where their headspace might be with Gotham and uh, places that might go that, uh, look, if you think Ben Edlund fits into your mix, it's bound to be interesting. Yeah, he, he always does some really cool episodes, really different. You know, usually if you look back at his body of work, those are going to be the episodes that are very unique, very different different take and spin on things um some of fan favorites are, are definitely edlin scripts so I, I think he could have a lot of fun with this I, I hope he can anyways um but this is where i think you're gonna you're gonna see some cool new characters come out of it and well they're all new characters but um some really unique characters come out of it uh, is what i'm hoping anyways um, yeah. we'll see well I you think... know I'm, I'm to be honest i'm a little bit afraid about this not afraid but <laughs> You know, the origin stories are always fun and good. I, I I would like to see Gotham about Gotham, not about Bruce Wayne as a kid. Yeah, and I think that's the, the fear some people have is... So, ostensibly, the central character is... It's the early days of, of Jim Gordon, who's played by, by Ben McKenzie, um, who has recently come off starring in Southland, which ties into something we'll talk about later. Um, and so it's centred around him. But we are going to basically have teen versions or young versions of both Batman and um, most of the you know people who go on to be the villains in in the Batman series. So, how, you know, is it going to be Batman 90210? Um, if is not, it going to be Smallville? Is it going to be Smallville? Uh, not that you know, not that that's a bad thing in and of itself, but it certainly what we've seen so far promises more. Um, and certainly, you know, you touched on with with Edlin's writing. He, you know, he's particularly known for bending genres and 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 quite um, surreal takes on things. But also, and I think some people often forget, writing very dark 
episodes. Certainly he wrote some of the darkest episodes of, of Supernatural, which people forget because he also wrote some of the, you know, the wackiest ones as well. So uh, it, it's at this early stage, of course, hard to get a handle on, um, you know, exactly where they're going to go with the week-to-week -week story, how serialised it's going to be, or is it going to be a teen villain of the week story? Who knows? Um, it's looking good. Hmm. It's enough that I, I think a lot of people are going to be watching it to start with. Yeah, I'll definitely take a look. It sounds it sounds like it's got a lot of potential. I want something dark and dreary and moody. I think it'll be. I hope it'll be good. And I really like Ben McKenzie. I think he's great. Um, Donald Logo uh, yes. Logan is that his name? Um, who was in um, Terriers? Terriers. Have you seen Terriers? <gasps> yes, we should talk about Terriers sometime. Love that show. Oh. So it was a so good. one season of a of a show that was uh, criminally ignored and underrated, possibly because of the stupid title of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yes, no, he 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 was in that. Um, uh, interestingly, a Tim Minear, Sean Ryan project. Um, yeah. So look, there's some great um, great actors, some great people involved with Gotham. Um, so. You know, watch this space. We'll obviously both be watching it, um, and we'll be, you know, after the first few episodes, we'll we'll tell you what we think. It's funny when I watched the teaser trailer, I automatically thought that Guy Norman B should direct an episode. And if you oh, don't yeah. know Guy Norman B, he's a he's a up and coming. Oh, he's a he's an established <laughs> director, but he's an up and coming fan favorite director. Um, he's directed, uh, you know, a lot of supernatural episodes. He's done a lot of Arrow episodes. Uh, right now he's doing a Witches of East End episode. Um, so he's done superheroes. I can definitely see him moving on to this. But he also did Southland. He did Southland, of course, which was Where Ben McKenzie and... Mm -hmm. Very different in style, very cinema verte sort of style of uh, of shooting. Um, but he does he does do great uh, great action, um, and he's a you know if you ever have a chance to listen to an interview with him, really thoughtful director too. He is the sort that you know puts a lot of visual references in that tie into the themes of the story, and um, yeah. Uh, It'd be great if we get to see him on it, but he might be it, he might be yeah. busy with uh, uh, all the other shows he's got on his plate at the moment. Because I think he, I'm not sure if he's doing Flash as well, but I'm sure he'll be back on Arrow. Uh, I think so. Uh, he's, I mean, he's done quite a few different, you know, different uh, episodes of that. Um, you know, I I certainly hope he will, anyways, because uh, he's a great guy. And uh, if you know, you should follow him on Twitter. That's what you should do. Yeah. Uh, guy Norman B, and tell him that uh, TV Chinwag sent you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we know this is this is a geek question? Do we know where um, Gotham is filming? I believe Toronto, but I don't know for sure. Okay. I remember looking it up, uh, and jeez, I, I think it was Toronto. Yeah. Just out of interest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of, of directors, we were just speaking of Guy Norman B. Um, there is a relaunch, which is a TV show that was on in 2001. They're bringing it back. It's actually a, a little bit more than a TV show, but it's a series called... Do you remember what it's called? Green Greenlighted? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Screwed that up. Greenlight. Project Greenlight is yes. what it's called. I don't know where my head is right now. Um, Project Greenlight, which is a, a series or a, 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 a 
a show with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon where people compete to be the next big thing in Hollywood. Um, the f- one that they did previously was for writers, um, where they would have a bunch of writers come, learn how to be successful writers, and then whoever won the episode went on to have their film produced. They're doing a little bit different of that now, which in this new Project Greenlight, well, they'll, they'll be talking about directors. So they're looking for people to submit their three-minute short film that they've directed, and... Um, they're going to put together a whole bunch of directors, bring them together, teach them how to make really cool Hollywood movies, and the winner will actually go on to direct a real feature film. Wow. Um, that'll be fascinating. And I know that there were, um, you know, there were, can't remember off the top of my head, but there were some people who got really good breaks out of um, being involved last time and a number of people... Um, because it was actually quite like a production fund they put together too, wasn't it? Like seed money for these yeah. these projects and that. So it wasn't just another tacky reality TV show um, <laughs> aimed at ripping off young hopeful artists. Not that there isn't room in the world for those. Um, so um, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Do you know when, when that's coming on? Well, they're just, they're just taking the applications now. Um it ends in August, so then they'll have to put together the team and bring everyone together. So probably the fall season, um, maybe spring. Um, so look for it. it it's um, for, I mean, I'm not a, and we're going to do a, a reality TV show coming up. God, is that next week? Um, <laughs> soon. And, and uh, I'm going to tell you I'm not a big fan of reality TV. But stuff like this, I think, is interesting and and gives merit to to the show or gives merit at least to the genre of reality television i love reality television do you yes that surprises me because my list of shows has way more reality television than yours well partly that's and i don't like it quote unquote no longer. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that sounds like some issues you have we need to work through ryan mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be doing that next week no look i um i will save my uh in-depth thoughts and deeply held passion for reality TV um, for next week. Uh, there's one okay. other project I wanted to talk about, uh, which is a movie that will be uh, premiering on Sci-Fi Channel on August the 2nd. Now, everyone, I'm sure you will remember, I bet you didn't watch it, but I'm sure you'll remember the big fuss over Sharknado last year, Ryan. Did you watch it? No, I did not. That's your loss. Sharknado is actually a wonderful movie. Um basically broke Twitter, as everyone tweeted live. Sharknado 2 currently in production. But that was for that was for all those newbies, the people who've just come lately to the monster mm-hmm. mashup genre. The very first and my favourite is, of course, Sharktopus. Half shark, <laughs> half octopus, engineered by humans as a military weapon. Uh, <laughs> we first met Sharktopus a few years ago, and Sharktopus is now back versus Terracuda. Terracuda, half pterodactyl, half barracuda. Yes. Oh, you're stunned into silence, aren't you? Uh, can you hear me right now? Yes. Oh, there. Um, yeah, I was stunned into silence, all right. That sounds really terrible. <laughs> really fucking stupid. <laughs> like, uh, why not do uh, it's a, it's a piranha gull, half seagull, half piranha? Um, pitch it to them. They'll probably right. do it. I mean, this is a long uh, tradition sci-fi have had of basically making 
stoner movies for Saturday night. I love the monster mashup movies. They are, you know, they're your good old pulp B movies from, you know, the 50s. Entirely made to be fun. Uh, Sharktopus is just a gorgeous, gorgeous creation. Um, But unfortunately it's not because the visual effects are hideous. Oh, yeah. Look, I could... I can't watch that. I (laughs) I mean, there's somebody who got paid a lot of money to, you know, work on a TV movie and do absolute shitty-looking work. Well, given that I think most of them are produced in... um, uh, they're actually filmed often, I think. Uh, there's a whole production unit set up in Eastern Europe. Um, right. I suspect the visual <laughs> effects are done in MS Paint. Uh, yeah, in India. <laughs> uh, well, look, I don't know. I, I suspect they probably farm them out th- as third-grade homework in L.A., um, but that doesn't matter. They're a lot of fun. If you have some um, mood-enhancing substances of some sort, they're even more fun. And I am thrilled to have Sharktopus versus Terracuda coming up on August 2nd. I'm ashamed of you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I revel in them. I will have to make you watch one. Okay, well, I'll watch one and then that will end TV Chinwag for good. (laughs) Well, we should get on to what... The two shows we're going to talk about this week are going to be... What are they going to be, Ryan? One of them is Orphan Black. And the other the, one? The other one is a show called Ray Donovan. And then, what, why, did, why did you pair these two together in our schedule? <laughs> well, it's funny because I had seen Ray Donovan but hadn't seen Orphan Black, and you had seen Orphan Black but not Ray Donovan. So we thought, let's do swapsies and... Um, get watching. <laughs> and and then, that was last week that we started watching them. <laughs> and since then, we've both watched substantial amounts of the other show because they're That's awesome. Right. <laughs> uh, I watched the first season of Orphan Black. So why don't we start with, uh, first of all, why hadn't you watched Orphan Black before? Because I'll, I'll talk a bit more later about why I hadn't watched Ray Donovan. Okay, so is that the one you want to do Orphan Black right now? Yeah. Something really weird just happened at the train station. What? I saw a girl kill herself. Ew. Yeah, and she looked exactly like me. I've got to go up to a flat. She's got $75,000 in the savings account. I have an idea. Sarah, any second, someone's going to ID the body and it's game over. You're damn right. You're damn right. Beth, what's happened? A lot. know who you're talking to. How many of us are there? Alright. I didn't watch it because I thought it was a Doctor Who style show. I thought it was in the same vein as a Doctor Who as your Doctor Who? Yes. As your um as your, uh, uh, um, what was the other one? The Torchlight? Torch, Torchwood. Torchwood. Um, I thought it was another one of those for some reason. I, uh, s- somehow I got into my head that she, Orphan Black, was the name of the character and she was from 
the Doctor Who series. Oh, okay. It was okay. a spin-off series. <laughs> I don't know why I got that in my head. But, but no, look, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting how, like, it can be a challenge to market a new show, particularly one with a, with a different concept. And you have to, you're always coming off what else is around in the genre. People will reference other shows. And it's really hard when you're a unique uh, show, both in terms, not just, not really just only of content, but in terms of the style and everything that Orphan Black is. It's also a strange sort of co-production. It's Canadian with a uh, international BBC co-production in it. Um, so it it sits in a weird place in a way in in the TV landscape. Uh, not that not that strange. I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a company out of Toronto called Take Five, and they do a lot of the productions like um, the Tudors. If you ever saw the Tudors, sure. Um, that was a Canadian and Irish uh, co-production. Um, um, Vikings is a Canadian Irish co-production. There's a, a few different ones. Uh, I'm going to say this right now, and I'm prob- I might get hate from people, but I can't stand any television show that's made west of or east of British Columbia, essentially. So anything made in Toronto or Montreal or in the Maritimes, I think are shitty TV shows. I think they're ugly. They are poorly acted. They're poorly casted. They're poorly lit. They're poorly shot. I, I, I haven't found any shows that are shot out east that I like. This took me three episodes before I realized it was actually in Canada. That's how dense I am. <laughs> and it's shot in Toronto and takes place in Toronto. Although it's not... Uh, I think I heard one of the um, uh, one of the EPs talking who said it, it's... I think he referred to it as generica. So it's... It's not, uh, although well, it, they have they have Ontario license plates. Sure. and one of the characters lives in Scarborough, so but it's, it's Toronto. It, you could watch it. I know people who've watched it and thought it was meant to be in the U.S. Some people American. have said, "Oh, sure. is yeah. that meant to be, you know, with yeah, some some American city, Chicago or something?" And the only reason I knew is because I saw the license plate and I was like, I actually rewound it and paused it. I'm like, "Oh, it's Ontario." Yeah. Duh. Um, <laughs> so. So for, however, I was saying all the hatred stuff that I have about Eastern <laughs> Canadian film production. Um, Never to this work looks there. Fantastic. <laughs> this this looks really great, yeah. and it's done in a very BBC style, um, where they're using a lot of um, tilt shifts or, or uh, they're called tilt shift lenses, where the top and the bottoms are really blurry and the center is sharp. Um, you've if you've seen Misfits, yeah, the TV show. It looks like that uh, in some of the shots. Um, beautifully shot. looks great. I'm, I'm really happy that you turned me on to the show because I really enjoyed the heck out of the first season, to be honest with you. And the second season only gets better, which is, is just finished, only gets better. So for people who haven't Good. watched it, and it's it's interesting because when it started, and, and probably for a lot of people, even you watching it, Ryan, who obviously didn't quite know what it was about, you start watching it and it could be... A crime drama. There's a young woman uh-huh. who's obviously a bit dodgy and she's on a train platform at night and she sees this other woman throw herself in front of a train. And then it turns out as she sort of rifles through her bag and to rob uh, Well, she found out before that. Well, yeah, that she... She approached the woman who turns around and, and it's the identical spinning image of her. Yeah, which is a bit freaky. And she mm. ends up sort of taking on this woman's identity who turns out the woman who killed herself to have been a police detective. And so it starts out almost in in the 
that one genre, you're not sure where that's going to go, but then as things start to un... And I'm not sure where, what episode it's in where the word clone is first used. It's probably, you know, second or third episode. Yeah, about uh, that. But as, as things un... un evolve you find out that uh, so the main character is, is called Sarah Manning um, she's been raised by a foster mother she has a foster brother called Felix and she finds out that she's actually a clone and there was a number of women born in 1984 um, and she meets along her way of trying to unravel who these people are a number of her clone sisters and they're all played by the amazing Tatiana Maslany and that in itself is an incredible feat. And I know some people mm-hmm. have thought, well, oh, you know, it's going to be having the same person play all these characters. You, you're, it's going to throw you out of the story and everything. But um, or, or your personalities are going to have to be so over the top that yeah, you can distinguish different... between the two. But it's not like that at all, is it? No, no, it's not. She does an amazing job. And the visual effects are amazing. I mean, having three or four of her on screen at one time, um, you know her interacting with herself, all these things, really well done. Yep. really, really well done. She's a, a quite an amazing actress, isn't she? Oh, she she really is. I know a friend of mine said uh, there was a new clone appeared at one point in season one, and a friend of mine said I went off to IMDb to see who played her. <laughs> you know, yep. it's like you forget, you forget you when do. you're watching it. She that inhabits these clones, and the clones the all same. have. Yeah. Um, They've all been raised separately, so they all have different personalities. So there's Alison, who's your sort of suburban soccer mom. There's uh, Cosima, uh, who's a lesbian, who's a PhD in, in biology. Um, and there's Helena, who's a psycho assassin. Uh, all <laughs> these different characters. And, and sort of the, the overarching story is there's <clears throat> the uh, organiser organization corporation that was responsible for the clone program uh they have various evil intents they have uh, one of the spookiest things in the first season is you find out that all the clones have monitors and are we giving away too much i won't say any more than that okay let's leave it there because i was i was really surprised by a few of the different turns that happened okay um i I, and I, i think it's it's really well thought out now this comes from a a graphic novel series? No. I think it does. does it? Um I was talking with a oh, guy at okay. work and he <laughs> talked about now, you know the the head guy uh, in the first series, he had an appendage that wasn't usual. Yes. Apparently that's more like towards what the graphic novels were. Oh, okay. I had no idea. And they sort of get away from that in the second season, is that right? Uh yes. They sort of move away from anything that's sort of uh magical in that respect sure yep no i had no idea uh, it was based on us going look up the graphic novel scene apparently be, yeah hmm. um yeah so there are twists and turns and revelations i mean the it, it's it's so it's a serialized it's not a you know orphan of the week <laughs> clone of the week show <laughs> although it is sometimes um so it is serialized. I really love the balance between it doesn't get mired in the, you know, there's, you know, the evil corporation. Uh, it, it, I think it's got quite a good touch with that. It gives you enough that, you know, you know what's driving these things and, and little bits, it's, it's very much that bits are revealed over time. Um, sometimes it's really action-based, but it's also really character-driven. I mean, it's a really interesting mix in terms of the... Of the genre and the storytelling. 
Yeah, I, I I found that as well, and you never know sort of what direction it's going to go because at any time things could shift and go in a completely opposite direction. Um, I I really like some of the ancillary characters like um, her step or foster brother, um, who's Felix. fantastic. Yeah. Felix, who's fantastic and just so much fun to watch. Um, you, you know, um, and some of the husbands are are pretty funny and. Uh, her boyfriend guy. Paul, yes. Paul. He's he's pretty good too. Um I, I do I, I did like them quite a bit. I kind of got annoyed that um they sort of swap one big bad guy for another big bad guy, as it were. Um you know, you, you never feel like they're really overcoming much. There's always another obstacle in the way, sort of thing. Yeah, and I think um I was just trying to think whether that really continues into season two. I think that's true. Uh, in some ways, I like that though because it's like it does throw a lot of story at you, but without it becoming it's hard to hard to describe. It doesn't become overly complex because it moves on. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, you have one sort of encounter in Big Bad, and um, then it moves on to to another one. So it's it's quite fast moving in that way without you feeling oh god am i going to remember who who he was who did that because he's usually being killed <laughs> so <laughs> uh, there's lots of there's there's a lot of surprise moments um and that certainly continues into season two there's a lot of times when you're actually yelling at the te- i found myself yelling at the television because you know there's a sort of revelation that you just go oh my god <laughs> Right, um, and it's a really funny. Uh, I was going to say really funny. It's a it's a great balance of the drama, and there's a lot of humour in it. Yeah, it it, it is quite funny. Um, I got my wife to watch one episode with me. Now, my wife, she's not a fan of the um, scary things. Right. Um, she doesn't she doesn't really like that too much. So. It happened to be the episode where we meet the crazy clone, the um, German one or Elena Checker, whatever she is, rather, yeah. yeah. And uh, she's very creepy and very scary. And uh, my wife, of course, now won't watch the program because <laughs> she thinks it's she thinks it's all like that. I'm like, no, no, you just got the wrong episode. But um, for the most part, it's it's not that frightening. It's more of a crime sort of a drama, but. Uh, the one episode was a little bit of a thriller. But it does have those, it has moments of extreme tension, um, you know, because there's a lot of people either chasing or surveilling or whatever. So there's a lot of tense moments. Um, and, yeah, and then there's some, there's some ama- hilarious dark humour, um, particularly, I think, around the character of Alison, um, the, the suburban soccer mum. She has absolutely some brilliant moments and there's, you know, there's almost a show entirely of itself of her as sort of a, a parody of a lot of uh, of characters you see on TV. And the fact that Tatiana Maslany plays all these different characters um, and, and as we've said, in a way where you're not watching it, you, you, you lose your awareness of the fact that it's the same actor. Um, you relate to these as separate and, and different characters. It's not just Tatiana in another wig. Um, mm-hmm. so that, you know, you have, no, I have no trouble in, you know, suspending disbelief in, in, in that way. Um, 
it's fun. Uh, yeah, it has its dark moments. It has its violent moments. Um, but at, you never know what's coming next. Uh, it's had quite a bit of buzz, but it's still had quite low viewership. And again, I, whether that's just because people don't quite know what it is, um, the term, the, the name Orphan Black doesn't really tell you and then you say clones and people roll their eyes um so yeah, yeah. uh it's you know and it it's got an it's got great other great actors in it as well and, and the minor characters are good um did, did it take you a few episodes to get into or were you on board no 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 i was in right away um you know as soon as the, the woman turns around on the platform and it's the same chick and then she jumps in front of a train to kill herself i was i was hooked <laughs> i'm like well let's figure this out um yeah I, absolutely i thought it was fantastic i i think it's a, a great show i I, I can't wait to start watching more of season two, actually. I can't go, um, wait to go back and watch all of it again. Because um, I've actually, <laughs> having just watched season two, um, there's a lot of, I, I want to go back and watch season one again just because um, I enjoyed it so much and now I've, more of the more of the backstory has has been revealed. Um, as I said, it doesn't get bogged down in what could be a really complex mythology of of who did what. It it, it keeps things moving along quite well. And um, oh, one one character I should mention that it does have a cute little girl in it, which often is a bit of my um, batch noir in television. So the main character has a young daughter, but I actually think she's a standout for how how to write a, an actual character for a child because this child and you do see more of her in the second series but uh, i was gonna say yeah but she doesn't really talk in the first no season. but she's, she's a lot more present and um okay. the way that they give her a character and um that amazing young actor who i don't know how old she is but she's you know she's under 10 um uh yeah. ha, uh is and she plays a vital vital role in it but also is um uh, yeah, not not your classic annoying child uh, who you often see in shows, but yeah, all the all the actors are great. Um, and you know, if you want to think about it, there's some bigger issues here around genetic engineering, reproductive technologies, the whole nature nurture debate because you've got all these clones who are genetically identical, um, but they're all being brought up in different environments and 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 vary so much in their in their personalities and. Um, you know, there's there's food for thought on that level as well. Although it's certainly that's not a focus of the show. That's not something they're you know didactic about. That's that's just the nature of the material, really. Um, oh, and there's some not bad religious fanatics in there as well. Um, so. And some uh, some sex swearing and violence. So oh yes, it yeah, hits my three uh, trinity, yes. the holy trinity. Uh, I, little comment: some really good sex too. Oh, yeah, 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 um, some great-looking stuff. You know, uh, I know people are always, oh, HBO has, you know, the nudity and sex. They have a lot of bad sex on HBO shows in my book. There's some really sexy sex in um, Orphan Black. Um, there's also, yeah, yeah, there's some uh, weird... Yeah. <laughs> some weird sex, too. <laughs> Shouldn't be doing that with that person. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes, there's sex that makes you think as well. Um... We so Tatiana, she's won um, she's won a Critics Choice Award, yep, um, Canadian Screen Award, and then she got a second Critics Choice Television Award in 2014. Yes, and I know I think she got passed over in the Emmys last year, but I 
you know, uh, be, she really... Well, she's not American, so that's probably why. But other non-Americans get... As also, it's a genre show, and I think uh, there's also a bit of a... Could be a bit of an attitude of it, some sort of... Um, oh, yes, she plays all these different characters, that sort of a novelty, but... The, right. the point is, this woman is an incredible actor. Even if she yeah. was just playing one of the characters, you know, yeah. her, her her ability is not only in playing different characters in the same show and playing off herself um, in the same scene. Any one of those characters, you know, Alison is this wonderful dark comic creation. Um, you know, Sarah, who, the sort of main clone, is is both. You know, she she's had a hard life and she's a, a hard woman, but she's She's also a mother. She's also vulnerable, but she'll do anything she has to. There's, you know, there's Helena, the crazy, crazy uh, assassin, you know, who's uber violent, but who whose character, and she certainly becomes a bigger character in, in season two. So, like, any one of those performances, I think, are, are Emmy worthy. So we'll we'll see how it goes. So we've had... and uh, keep in mind, like, here's something to keep in mind for fans when you're watching her performance. So there's a scene where. Uh, I think there's three of them, and it's near the end of the season, and they're all sort of having a conversation. So here's how that has to go. So in order to shoot that, you need to have the real actress, we call her the really, sitting there. Then you need to have two photo doubles that are standing in place of the other one for lighting and for eye line and that sort of thing. So now the really A, the first one, has to say her lines, carry out the whole scene, interact with the photo doubles. Then... Okay, that scene's cut. Uh, you, you know, you do her tight coverage, your overs, all that stuff for her. Okay, great. So now, Tatiana, go hit makeup. So now she needs to go to hair and makeup wardrobe. This is going to take, I mean, 45, an hour, hour and a half. She comes back. Now she sits in spot number two. We put a photo double in spot number one's place for the eyeline. Now she has to act to the performance that she did an hour and a half ago. Okay, now you do all your coverage on that. Okay, there's another two hours gone by. Okay, Tatiana, go hair, makeup, wardrobe, go away. Again, come back for the third time. Two photo doubles. And now she has to act to herself, which was earlier, probably at the beginning of the day when she was delivering lines. It's now at the end of the day, and she has to react and interact with that. I mean, it's it's no small feat. It's no. a lot of work. So a scene like that where the three of them are talking is probably a whole day of filming. Oh, at, at least. And and as you said, to um, to be able to react to stuff you filmed eight hours ago um, three times, really, in different yes, ways. in three different characters. In three, in three different, different characters. Yeah. And she's doing that all the time in every episode. I mean, there's, there's not always three of them together. Sometimes it's two of them. But nearly every episode, certainly more and more as the season goes on um uh, and in the second season you know there's there's often two of them together and uh you know hey you don't go crazy um doing that i, d I don't know and and have these you know really really wonderful performances it's um look it's a fascinating show it's highly entertaining it's different than anything else you're going to watch i think it's uh I i'm confident more and more people are going to get on board because lots of people are, are talking about it uh it's it's certainly one of the best sci-fi shows uh on tv anywhere at the moment i agree yeah it's a really great show and people should 
there's boobs. Just tell them there's boobs. And <laughs> if that doesn't get them watching, well, and there's hot dudes with hot butts. So there's boobs and butts. If that doesn't get them, there's no helping them. <laughs> Look, naked, sexy sci-fi. That's that's uh, that's also thinky and has violence. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and I have hit the jackpot. Yes. Right. (laughs) Chidwag seal of approval. Oh, yes. I don't think they'll be quoting us on the uh, publicity for next season's Orphan Black. Not sure we'll make the box cover of Um, the Blu-rays. Do do check check out their website, though. They do often um, post clips, uh, just as Ryan was talking about, of how they uh, film those. There's a number of clips from past uh, episodes of how they actually do that. There was one... uh, Wonderful one from the um, finale of season two, uh, which which shows some of that that process with even more clones in the one scene, oh, and uh, cool. it's it's really great. And 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 they do it all against green screen, so or a oh. lot of a lot of it as well because of how they put the background in. So it's yeah, um, and they're not locking the camera a lot of times too, which mm. normally if if we were to shoot that, we'd say all right, lock the camera, keep it locked. That way, you can just fit people into the scene. A lot of times, their camera is moving, so yeah. very cool. I'd love to. I'd love to visit and see how they do it. Wish. But I think after bad mouthing Toronto uh, <laughs> you film, probably you're, never going to happen. Working in the <laughs> east again. I'll, I'll never make it past Calgary. <laughs> so tune in. Let us know what you think. I'm sure we'll be back to talk about uh, season three, and I'll be interested to check in with Ryan on what of the by the end of season two. When- so also today we're talking about a show called Ray Donovan. Yeah, Deontay, what's up? Not the caveat. I got a strange female in the bed with me. All right, what's the problem? She dead, dog. Calm down. You think you're the first person I've dealt with woke up in bed with a dead body? Where are we with the Tommy Wheeler thing? Guy has a $200 million movie coming out in a month. Picks up a tranny on Sunset Boulevard. I didn't know it was a guy, I swear. Guy had an Adam's apple the size of my fist. Let me handle this. One man's a no one's forgiven. You've done bad things, Ray. I've asked you to fix things that should never have been fixed. How many years are you going to look out for them, huh? What about your own son, your daughter? What about us? Stop being dramatic. Everyone's fine. We're not fine. I hate it here. The old man, he got out. He wasn't supposed to be out for five more years. My father's coming. He's coming here? Tell me you're going to take care of this. I took care of it then tonight. You let him near this family. Everything we worked for, it'll be over. You're sick, Ray. You got a hole in your heart. Whatever you think happened, it was ten times worse. Don't let the wolf in the gate, Abby. Now, I started watching Ray Donovan when it came out last year, and I found it intriguing. Um, I thought it was a a cool show. Um, The base premise of Ray Donovan is the main character, I'm going to give you a hint, his name is Ray Donovan, plays a... (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Plays a a fixer of sorts, I, I think. Um, it starts with him and uh, getting a call to come and help this celebrity who's been caught in a gay video, and he has to try a gay video that turned into murder. Is that right? Uh, no, no, he. Was a long time there, ago. Were, there were two two calls he gets. One's a celebrity who's woken up in bed next to a woman who's died of a drug overdose. The right. other has, uh, yeah, been been caught uh, 
giving a blowjob to a hooker, basically, and uh, he has to sort these messes out. That's his morning. Right. And he works for a law firm who represents various celebrities. Does he work for the law firm? Yes, he does. Or he's being co- contracted by them? Yeah, yeah, well, yes. Like, it's not his full-time job, is it? Yeah. Hmm. Right. Well, I haven't, so I haven't seen I his. Em- I haven't seen his employment <laughs> conditions, uh, or his actual contract. <laughs> um, but I have just watched an episode where one of the partners sort of is like uh, imp- implies that he might get rid of him. Uh, so there, there, there certainly was is an employment arrangement. He doesn't do anything else really. Well, except for the rest of his other bits of his life he needs to sort out yeah i i think yeah i think he's a he's a free agent i really i don't think he's solely to them because he works for other people too i think doesn't he yes i I think he's i think he probably has the ability to subcontract (laughs) fine doesn't fucking matter fine you made your point um so ray donovan he's a fixer he's a cleaner he goes takes care of people's problems you got a problem, you call Ray Donovan. He comes, he takes care of that problem for you. He's got a few different people that work for him, a muscle guy, a, Arby, you know, who's a, a, a is, con artist. Is, Israeli. Um, and, and Special forces. Yes, and I oh, forget the female character's name. There's a woman who works for him as well. Yeah. Whose name I've immediately And she's sort of uh, the hacker, the... Uh, yeah, she gets things done. Uh, but she, she's, she's a badass as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a bit of a badass and as well. Lena is her name. Lena, and she's a hot lesbian. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, go on with telling us what it's about. <laughs> um, and the the main premise is Ray balancing his criminal life with his family life at home. He's married to uh, Paula Malcolmson, uh, Abby Donovan, uh, who you might remember from Deadwood. Uh, can we? I just have to pause here. Please. No, no, because <laughs> I know we're going to talk about her for a while. <gasps> Go ahead. Paula Malcolmson. I mean, she's a, she is actually from she's from Belfast, from Northern Ireland. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, she people remember her as Trixie in Deadwood. She was yep. briefly in Lost. Um, she was also in the uh, not long lived uh, Battlestar spin-off Caprica, where she was amazing. She right. was uh, the Northern Irish. Uh, I won't get into the complex family relationships. She was on Sons of Anarchy. She, um, you know, she's been a number of things, and now she's in this. She's an amazing actor. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, you That's don't an like her? Turn of phrase. Oh, I fucking hate her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, Paula. I'm sure you're a lovely woman, but I, I, I just, I hated her in Deadwood. I hate her in oh. this. I, she's so grating. She's so. Oh, she's like, and and also from Deadwood. Walter White's wife from Breaking Bad. Yes. Who is, uh, what's her name? Whose name I've immediately forgotten. Sorry, it'll come to me. Um, Both of those two, and I I remember putting a tweet out uh, sometime. I said, who's more annoying? (laughs) Um, Walter White's wife uh, or um, Seth Bullock's wife or uh, Ray Donovan's wife or, or, um, or Trixie. Um, being that they're from the same shows, um, I I just I find her so grating, and her accent in this is just terrible. Oh, for fuck's sakes, Ray! Come on, Ray! For fuck's sakes, Ray! This is your family, Ray! For fuck's sakes! <laughs> Sorry, just that sounded strangely Australian. Um... <laughs> oh, for fuck's sakes, Ray! Um, well, maybe I've always seen that she. And she often plays, I mean, the, most of the roles we've talked about, I mean, 
and particularly, well, Amanda Greystone on, on Caprica, Maureen Ashby on Sons of Anarchy, and now this character. They're not likeable characters. I mean... No, they're, they're um, not. <laughs> but they're off... Yeah, I don't know. She... And maybe... So maybe it's the characters I like uh, as much as her acting of them, but they're... Yeah. As an actress, I'm sure she's fine. Obviously, she's a very successful actress. I, I can't talk bad about uh, about that. These characters I don't like. Okay. I don't want to say anything bad about her. Why don't... Why, well, mm, so why, why don't you like uh, Abby Donovan in Ray Did Donovan? You, well, she's a bag. She's a bitch. She's, <laughs> she's grating. I think she, uh, she doesn't appreciate her husband, for one. I think she's uh, very much like um, uh, Mrs. Soprano. Uh, Carmela Soprano. Yes. She's, you know, she thinks she's all high and mighty and uh, a good person, but really she's living off the avails of crime. And when that becomes uncomfortable, she just chooses to ignore it because it's more convenient to live affluently than it is to live a good life or a, a, an honest life. So it's interesting um, you bring up uh, Carmela Soprano because I, I think that is something that uh, Ray this show does very well is looking at that uh-huh. intersection between. You know, you know, Ray's dodgy. There's no way around that. He does mm-hmm. lots of very dodgy and violent things in in getting mm-hmm. his money. Uh, uh, you know, there is no line between legal and illegal as far as he's concerned. He does whatever he needs to do to get the job done. On the other hand, yes, his family is living this uh, sort of comfortable LA life. Um, you know, they're mingling with celebrities, yet they're not really of that world um and and how do you deal with that tension of it's almost like looking through the through the glass door at the life that you want and think you could have but on the other hand you're you're sort of cut off from that and i think that tension there of you know and her limited ability to control things because you know he's the money winner she's uh, and I'm only up to episode seven, so maybe maybe there's more to that. They're, they're high school sweethearts who fell in love in um, Boston uh, who have then moved out for various reasons to, to L.A. And um, maybe that's what I find interesting about her is that sense of, you know, that, you know, she's trapped and, you know, really other than leaving, um, how does she deal with this i mean and he's a emotionally closed down um guy who wants he wants a nice life and family i mean who knows what ray donovan wants really um Mm, that's mm. a bit opaque um Mm. uh, that's what's fascinating about it but but let's talk about the broader family dynamics which are really you know what gives this show such um such depth as the rest of his family too. His family, the Donovan family, uh, his two brothers, um, who we find out have one of them is, I want to say, brain damaged. I think we can go there. Uh, it actually it's revealed later that that he is. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So who, uh, Budge. When we find him, he's yeah, Budge. We find him. Uh, Ray is with him at the Bungie. legal office where yes, he's sorry. signing papers, yeah. Budgie to get uh, a payoff from a situation that happened when he was younger. And Ray is there to help, you know, make sure that he signs it properly and that he Ray will handle the money for Budgie because Budgie being the simpleton and alcoholic and drug addict is going to just blow the, the wad on, on booze or drugs or whatever. Um, so that's sort of where we get introduced to Budgie, who 
we then meet uh, his other brother, uh, Terry, who's sort of um, the nebbish um, do-gooder sort of brother, taking care of the family business, running the boxing gym, um, that looks out for his brother Bunchy and uh, and uh, and sort of that dynamic, which is really quite disparating when you look at Ray Donovan, who's very wealthy and successful, yeah. put together, and then his two brothers, which are just a pile of hot mess. Uh, yeah, so, for both of them. Um, and so Terry is uh, has got Parkinson's. I think both he and Bunchy right. were boxers from yes from what we gather. So they come from that sort yeah. of. You know, Irish Catholic Boston boxing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how much of that exists in reality? But it's a very uh, common trope in certainly in crime stories and and and, Seems to be, and movies. Yeah. And and then of course is uh, their father, Mickey Donovan, played by amazingly by John Voight. Right. <laughs> He's not a nice man. No, but does look like a seventy-year-old lesbian. <laughs> Is that what I've got to look forward to? <laughs> if you're lucky, yeah, that's the movie star. Good luck, honey. Uh, uh, and he's so hateable. I mean, uh, he's just such a, a, an asshole, douchebag, terrible father, um, a- manipulator, user, asshole. And you're you're going to get there because you only have a couple episodes left. Um, I just went back and rewatched them. You're going to hate him even more uh, when, when that's done. Um, just really, really cool. So going back to why I hadn't watched Ray Donovan. So uh-huh. I hadn't seen, it's not on TV in Australia, not that that stops me watching things. Um, but normally I've heard, you know, I watch a bit of TV. Uh, I read a few things on the internet. Normally I've heard something about a series. So all I knew from uh, about Ray Donovan was the, uh, sort of the promo poster. So we haven't mentioned it stars Leave Schreiber, who... People will recognise he's got a very distinctive face, and you'll know him from that guy in that as that guy in that movie. <laughs> Funny, we, this is the first time we mention him, and the 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 show is about him. Yes, yeah. He plays Ray Donovan in the Ray Donovan <laughs> series. Talked Took about us fifteen everyone. minutes to get to him, yeah. <laughs> Which is nothing against him. He's I think he's great. But he is. I mean, he is. Uh, of all of all the characters, you know the le- least about his internally like the other right. characters you get you get a sense of, of who they are and what drives them and what they want uh ray and this is part of him he's this closed down um man robot yeah and mm-hmm. a bit a bit like a you know repressed version of the sort of mr wolf character that um uh, Harvey Keitel played in Pulp Fiction. Sort you know, of. that's his yep. sort of job. He's the calm, cool, collected one who turns up when you've got a body in the trunk of your car. Um, but all I knew about the show was that his the poster was his face looking looking at the camera and he, you know, it really just looked like, you know, oh, there's going to be another show about some, you know, depressed, hard, you know, sullen crime show. I thought it was vague. Mobster. Yeah, vaguely mobsterish, which I can... Have been a huge Sopranos fan, but I can, you know, it's take or leave. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, 
organised crime type uh, shows. Uh, and I didn't know what it was about. Absolutely no idea. Didn't know who else was in it. Uh, didn't know who made it. Um, so I just never, and I know you'd mentioned it a number of times, and it was sort of way down on my list of things to watch um, eventually. Mm -hmm. Now, if people had have told me, for example, that people like John Voight, Elliot Gould, who plays one mm -hmm. of his, his bosses at the law firm, who is in it, but most importantly, that Anne Biderman created the thing, and she made Southland, which is one of my favourite and I think one of the most underrated shows on television in years. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, she, she created this, and she is such an amazing storyteller in the way that she can draw you into a story and something about the way bits of it come out, not not in teasing or unfolding things, but you get bits of the story from different characters' points of view, bits of the story told at different times. So, for example, the very first episode of Ray Donovan starts with a murder, which means nothing when you first see it, and it's only as the episode, I think the first couple of episodes, un, un um, unfold that you have a context for it so she certainly expects you as a viewer to be paying attention but also to be patient um, but the fact that you're always getting different points of view on stories so very subtly uh, you take on and the different points of view of the characters. So even though, as you said, this is about Ray Donovan, he's a central character, the fact that we were talking about all the characters around him is how she tells his story, if you like. And um, I didn't know that she was involved in it really until I was getting ready for this podcast. And then I'm like, no wonder I got sucked in so quickly. Right. Um, yeah. So, which was the same, which was the same for Southland. I mean, oh, yeah. Southland was a cop show in LA. Who gives a shit? But then you watch it and you're like, fuck, this is good. Yes. What they're doing here is very good. Yes. Um, and same with Ray Donovan. This is a mobster story of a guy in L.A. Who, who cares? You start getting sucked into it and understanding the relationships and how that all works together and flawed characters and a flawed man and it becomes a much bigger thing. Um, I, To be honest, I, I really liked it, but I ended up dropping it for some reason and only came back to it when we we're going to do this podcast, started thinking, how did it end? And realized mm. that I didn't see the last four episodes. I can certainly, I was thinking that because I've sort of binged it this this week and I, I plan to finish the season this weekend. Um, it is very serialised and it's also quite heavy. So I can imagine if you've, you stop watching in real, if you're watching it in real time and you stop watching, it perhaps is not, you know, the thought of diving back into it would, could be a bit difficult. I've enjoyed watching yeah. it binge style because both you get the story and, and you get pulled into it and I want to want to keep know what what's happening but I would mm -hmm. imagine it is it, it's heavy dark um, I wouldn't say it's super super heavy no and there are moments of lightness although humor is not like it's not like true detective I found was super heavy yes. Yeah, Where it's just like you really have to dedicate and really not do anything else while it's on, give it your full attention. I didn't really find that with this, or maybe that was my problem. Maybe that's why I ended up trying. Oh no, it. I do think uh, I, I do think it's something that uh, is an inverted commas because this is not a good term. An easier watch, if you like, because uh, mm -hmm, it has mm -hmm. elements of. Uh, you know, it's a, humor. Uh, yeah, humor, but also it's a serialized yeah. drama with really interesting right. characters, and the story right. does move along. And as I said, the storytelling is really engaging, and it's surprising because a lot of the characters do things that are against type. Uh, Ray Donovan, you know, has there's aspects of him that 
you know are abhorrent and you think what a dick and and then he does something that's you know that he has you know you see you know why his children love him yeah he has bits of compassion in him right. he has yeah and which comes well, that's out the thing I, li- I actually liked about this i i felt they could have I mean, in a a lesser writer would have made Ray a much more evil, manipulative person, and he's really not. He's not a bad guy. No, he's. I, I don't think he makes any bad decisions or ill will type decisions for people. No, I mean or, he's. Yes, well, he's maybe, certainly. Maybe I'm not thinking well, of everything. Look, he did cheat on his wife a few times. Yeah, but where do you put that in the in the range of heinous things to do? I mean, <laughs> when he's. He's bashing oh, people. Oh, sorry. Where do I put that? Right oh, up front. hundred percent bad. Never ever. Well, <laughs> this is where I put just that. in case anyone in particular is listening to this, but uh, right. you know, when you're balancing it against, you know, bashing people with a baseball bat or something, you know, I'm just, yeah. you know, uh, one's a little bit more relatable and understandable. Sure. Um, then I, I guess what I'm getting to is he could have been a much worse bad guy than he is. He could be much less nuanced. Um, yeah. So I'll give an example that is a spoiler, but there's uh, there's a trans character in it who's who's a hooker who's involved in one of these scandals, and you know he he shows her an act of kindness that's done in a way that's not you know over the top schmoppy and schmoopy and sentimental, but there's a couple of these instances where you see that. Yeah, he he actually, you know, he feels for people who are having a shit time. You know, right. he he wants to help people uh, where he can see that he can do some good. But he's not. This is not like the hitman with a heart of gold. You know, it's not that sort of uh, you know broad brushstroke thing. It is more nuanced than that. For he, uh, another scene that comes to mind is uh you know his his father mickey who who we've said you know he is someone you just really really hate um yet there's this wonderful scene i think it's at the end of episode five or six where he ends up in this gay club dancing and do you remember that no okay so it's just and he's spoken a bit before because he's just come out of being in prison for 20 years he's Mm. spoken a bit before to i think it was Bunchy, one of his sons, about you know, basically, well, you know, when you're in prison, you know, things happen, and I, he was asking his, oh no, his grandson whether he's gay, and you know, he's he's got rather unreconstructed sort of views on these things. But then one night he just ends up at this gay club, dancing, taking poppers, having a drink, and having having a good old time. And there's this moment of this sort of, as you say, you know, this seventy-something guy. Um, having a moment of joy and it's really you know it makes you go it makes you see him in a different light rather than only a mustache you know okay twirling. Let, let me just flip let, let me flip the script on you later in the next episode that you're going to watch um his son comes to him and says dad why didn't you ever you know i was being abused by that priest why didn't you ever stop it and he's like ah, everybody was getting abused back then it wasn't a big deal oh yeah yeah i mean <laughs> And there's a horrible scene when he's at the the um, support group for people who've been sexually abused with with Bunchy, and he's 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 horrible, you know, totally right. un- yeah. not understanding. He makes jokes all the time, yeah. and we get to see, um, you know, certainly Bunchy how this this experience as a child 
you know, has fucked his whole life up and, and yeah. that his father has no empathy for that uh, and, and no understanding really of his children at all uh, in any way. Or so, humans in general. No, yeah. and so he is yeah. this, this horrible person. But then there are these little moments where you see some other bit of him that... You know, as I said, they're more. It's more nuanced than him. Only being a mustache twirling uh, right. vi villain in that. Speaking of mustache twirling villains, have you seen James Woods yet? No, he hasn't appeared. Yeah, he plays Patrick Sully Sullivan. Uh, he must be right in the next episode. Um, he's fantastic. This is a great role for James Woods uh, to play. A, he plays a, a bad guy. I think you will like. Oh, good. Um, yes. Elliot Gould, is, uh, who I'm a long-time fan of, is great. Yeah. as He's a sort of, uh, you know, become a father figure to Ray. Um, and I think their relationship is, is again, where you get to see uh, another side of Ray um, and his loyalty to Elliot. There's obviously, though, you know, there's something tying them together from their past as well. Uh, but his performance as, as this uh, elderly lawyer who's who's starting, he's got a brain tumour and he's got a bit of dementia. Uh, it's just, a, a, yeah, I think a wonderful performance. Yeah, what happens with the brain tumor? Does that go away? He's just had surgery in the bit I've seen. Oh, so right. maybe they right, make, okay. make it better. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is something I think they do really well is that there are some um, uh, sort of dream sequences. There's a sequence with uh, when uh, Elliot Gould's dementia has him uh, see some things. And I really like the sort of subtle way they, they work in some of these sort of fantasy almost fantasy elements into the show yeah i thought that was really cool too it was uh, it wasn't over the top it wasn't you know trying to make a spectacle i think i, I thought it was done pretty cool uh very unique yeah there, there's you know ray has and some of the characters have dreams or daydreams a couple of times and they're just done in such a good way that again they engage you into the story they reveal something about the character who and these are the sort of men who aren't sitting around talking about their feelings all the time so um you know you need these external or these these uh, mechanisms for finding out what's going on and i it was a nice and, again, another surprising sort of touch in a show like this where um, you wouldn't normally see those sort of uh, techniques used in the storytelling. So you're going to keep watching it? Oh, definitely. Definitely going to finish this season. And I think that it's back on in July sometime because I've been so slow at watching it. <laughs> it's on the Showtime network as well for those who are, are trying to find it. Um, I'll put a link on our website. So if you go to tvchinwag.com, um, I'll put a link right there. July 16th, uh, it's when it started. It's coming back July 13th. Uh, yeah, Season and again, two. it's... Look, the violence is, is pretty average um, in it. Um, it's more the threat of violence. Oh, Ray has yeah. a... He does have a sort of a fetish for breaking his friend's hands. Friends in right. inverted commas. Um, but nothing... Uh, you know, it's pretty run-of-the-mill. No one's getting eviscerated. Uh, nothing you wouldn't see on Law and Order. There is some sex. Um, they're not usually happy when they're having sex, though, I have to say. <laughs> so no. It's not really happy, sexy sex. No. <laughs> um, it, it's more, oh, why did you have sex with them? Or 
Oh, you need to sort out your life. Uh, <laughs> so like real life. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like real life with less... Yeah. Uh, yes, well, mine has less bashing of people with baseball bats. But um, look, it's, a, it's an interesting mix of family... I mean, it really is, I suppose, family drama at its heart. I should say the two young yeah. actors who play the teenage kids, I think, are good, again. Yeah. Um, surprise me. Um, well, there's probably three because there's the... The next door neighbor sort of guy as well. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Who, who's who's good? Um, I love. Uh, look, this uh, the, the reason I love. One of the reasons I love Southland is there's so few shows that are actually set in LA. Um, I have a bit of a thing for LA. I go there a lot, and um, I love Southland because I could almost smell LA just watching it. Again, this is more subtly. It, it's also a side of LA. It's not. Uh, Hollywood Boulevard, LA. It's it's a different side of LA, but I love um, uh, seeing shows set there. So that that's another draw card for me. I think I, I when I was watching this show when it came out, I was also playing the new Grand Theft Auto video <laughs> game. Yeah. So which takes place in LA, essentially. Yes. It's called Los Santos, but it might as well be Los, uh, Angeles, Los Angeles. Yes. And so I think they sort of overbled in my mind because <laughs> in the game you do things like this. You go visit so-and-so at his beach house and you convince him with a baseball bat that he's got to do yeah. this. So I think there's a lot of overlap between Ray Donovan and Grand Theft Auto. So if you like Grand Theft Auto, you'll probably like Ray Donovan, vice versa. I, I, I would certainly agree with that. Um, and they, they both have – they're both about the same side of L.A. too, though, again, although this bleeds – more even more over into I suppose the celebrity side because there are these various actors and uh, uh, music stars that they're involved with but yeah right yeah yeah look uh, uh, thank you for putting me on to Ray Donovan thank you for putting me on to Black so that's been our show for this week next week we're going to be back talking. Ryan's dark obsession with reality TV shows. Is this true? Is that true? Oh, maybe my my dark obsession. Um, I don't know how dark it is. Yeah, maybe it's my un, unrequited love for reality TV. <laughs> we'll, I guess we'll find we'll out. We'll be working through our feelings. We both actually do watch a lot of reality TV, although interestingly not a huge amount of overlap in what we watch. Uh, and we're going to be playing a bit of a show, a game called Is It a Reality TV Show or Not? Because there are some <laughs> amazing premises out there for reality TV shows. You would not believe the things that they make shows out of these days, or maybe you would. <laughs> maybe you, pro you probably would. Well, we'll see if you do. Um, and what we'll do is we're not just going to do two shows, I don't think, next next week. We're just going to sort of go through our list of shows that we watch and, and talk briefly about all of them. I don't think there's it makes sense to go through every single one of them in great detail. No, it'll so. be more reality TV shows in general, but I'm sure both of us will rave about our, our, our favourites and our most hated um, shows of all time. Absolutely. So, as always, everyone, if you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. That's the only way we're going to get more listeners and keep this crazy ship going. <laughs> if you like the shows that we talk about, please head over to tvchinwag.com. I'll have links right there that you can click through and purchase these shows on DVD or on iTunes or uh, Instant View, all those things. So make sure you go and do that. Support the podcast. Until next week, my name is Ryan. Um, I'm sometimes Jules and sometimes Ray Donovan. <laughs> I'm sometimes working black. <laughs> Good night, everybody. See you later. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. If you liked the podcast, please give us positive reviews on iTunes. Send mail to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Beth. Thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.